You're listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 88, and I am recording on Tuesday, October 25th. Happy Halloween! I have the perfect Halloween guest today. I could not be more excited. Halloween is so different as your kids get older. When they were little, I used to sew all of their costumes. I remember sewing an elephant costume out of this really, really hot material. I thought my three-year-old was going to pass out. A few of my other favorites include a court jester costume and a knight costume. And I'm going to try and find those photos and post them to my Instagram account if my children will let me. Now my boys are teenagers, and I don't even know if they're going to dress up this year. One has hockey practice, but I do know they still love candy, so maybe that will be motivation enough to put on some sort of outfit. Our school used to be really nice and let the kids sleep in the morning after Halloween, but that has been canceled. I know I'm reaching more listeners because I received my first one-star review. Someone was very offended by my little book positive podcast, which was a good reminder for me to remind you, if you've been listening and you like what you hear, please take a moment and rate and review the show. It would mean so much to me. Thank you in advance. My classes have ended and I'm taking the next two months off to do my own writing, but I am teaching again starting January 9th. I'll be teaching intermediate novel writing, which is an eight-week asynchronous writing course. Each week opens on a Monday and closes on a Friday and includes two 20-page writing submissions to be workshopped by me and other students. The course includes lectures, discussions, writing assignments, dealing with different aspects of what goes into writing a novel, and the class is open to anyone who has ever taken a writing class before. I capped the class at four students, so it's an intimate, supportive experience, and I will leave a link in the show notes to the class description, and you can also read what previous students have to say. Not a one-star rating in sight. If you have any questions, shoot me an email at booksaremypeople at gmail.com. And if you have writing friends, feel free to pass along this information to them. I have recently discovered an amazing way to exercise our dogs. We let our pet duck into the yard and he chases them around. It's a win-win for the animal cardio situation. I will post a video tomorrow on my Instagram at Jennifer Calagaris. And now it's time for some bookish news. The New York Times posted a few weeks ago an article worth reading about author Colleen Hoover's success. I believe she currently holds six of the slots on the New York Times bestseller list in different capacities, and she started out writing by self-publishing a novel that has now sold more than 20 million books, and she just keeps churning them out. I'll leave a link in the show notes to the article in case anyone is interested in reading it. I have yet to read a book by her. But if you have a recommendation for me, I am open. And in book to film news, Amy Adams has been spotted on the set of the film Night Bitch based on the debut novel of the same name by Rachel Yoder. I loved and recommended this book on episode 61. It's one of those books that's wonderful, but really, really out there. And I'm both surprised and delighted that it's being turned into a film. Also in production is an adaptation of Emily Henry's bestseller, People We Meet on Vacation. This book is about best friends who couldn't be more different, and every summer for the last 10 years, they've gone on vacation together for a week, but this time, attraction follows. 
Stephen King's novel Fairy Tale will be made into a film by Universal Pictures. I have not read that, have you? I haven't read a Stephen King novel since It, and clowns still scare me to this day. Fairy Tale is about a 17-year-old boy who inherits the key to a terrifying world where good and evil are at war. An inscribed copy of the Jane Austen novel Emma has become the most expensive of her books to be sold. Someone bought it for £375,000, and the book will go on public display in the UK for the first time. Inside the book, Austen has written from the author. Not the most personal greeting, but we forgive her. And today's guest recommendation comes from author Jillian Medoff, who published the novel When We Were Bright and Beautiful in August. This is an electrifying, twisty, and deeply emotional family drama set on Manhattan's glittering Upper East Side that explores the dark side of love, the limits of loyalty, and the high cost of truth. Hi, my name is Jillian Medoff, and my book recommendation is The Swimmers by Julie Otsuka. First, I have to say that I wait for Julie Otsuka's novels and buy them as soon as they hit the shelves, in hardback, full freight. And then I'll read them slowly and carefully, savoring every word, because her writing is so brilliant on both a macro and micro level. The Swimmers is a lean book, only 192 pages, but every sentence shines like a perfectly cut diamond. The Swimmers is Juliatsuka's third novel, and at first glance seems simplistic. What happens to a group of recreational swimmers when a crack starts to form in the pool? But the book is about mothers and daughters growing up, growing old, losing your way, losing your mind, and facing the inevitability of death. The Swimmers is intimate, profound, deeply moving, and easily the most beautiful novel I've read this year. Thanks so much, Jillian, and everyone go check out her novel, when we were bright and beautiful. Very briefly, some other books recently out that I would like to read include Nights of Plague by Orhan Pamuk. He's the Turkish author of My Name is Red, which is one of my favorite novels. He's a Nobel Prize laureate. And in this book, a plague is wreaking havoc on the fictional island in the Ottoman Empire. Another book I really want to read is Weasels in the Attic by Hiroko Oyamada. And this book explores marriage and gender roles in contemporary Japan, revisiting the same characters in different settings, including an exotic pet store and a home infested with weasels. This sounds so good to me. You know, I love a good creature story. I also want to read Seven Empty Houses by Samantha Schweblin, and she is the author of Fever Dream and Little Eyes, and this latest collection of stories is Literary Horror. And Sister Novelists, The Trailblazing Porter Sisters Who Paved the Way for Austin and the Brontes by Devaney Lucer. I had never heard of the Porter Sisters, but my sister and I are also sister novelists. She writes under the name Melissa Clark, which is my maiden name, and no, she is not the food writer Melissa Clark, but I'm interested in a book that explores sisters who are writers. And in paperback this week, we have A Murder at Balmoral by Chris McGeorge, This is The Crown Meets Clue in this locked room mystery sure to charm Agatha Christie fans and keep readers guessing to the end. The king is dead. The killer is in the family. Solving this murder will be a royal pain. It sounds so fun. Also out in paperback is The Collective by Alison Gavlin. This is a psychological thriller about a grieving mother out for revenge. There's also Greenwich Park 
by Catherine Faulkner, which is a domestic thriller about a soon-to-be mother who befriends a hustler. Why do I love books about con artists so much? And that's it. I will link all these up in the show notes. And now it's time for this week's guest. Rachel Harrison is the author of Cackle and The Return, which is nominated for a Bram Stoker Award for Superior Achievement in a First Novel. Her short fiction has appeared in Guernica, Electric Literature's Recommended Reading, and as an Audible Original. She lives in Western New York with her husband and her cat slash overlord. So hello, Rachel, and thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Where are you calling in from? I live in Western New York. So outside of Rochester. So you're getting some nice fall leaves, which we do not have a lot of here in California. Yes. I used to live in um, West Hollywood for a brief time. I lived in Burbank for a brief time and West Hollywood for a brief time. So it's no leaves, but it is nice there this time of year. So I'm a huge fan of your books, and I was delighted to receive an advanced review copy of Such Sharp Teeth, which I devoured in two sittings. Can you share with listeners what this book is about? Sure. Um, so Such Sharp Teeth is about Rory Morris, who is a successful, fiercely independent woman in her late 20s, who returns to her hometown to be with her twin sister, Scarlett, who is pregnant and recently estranged from her longtime partner. Um, After about a week of being home, Rory runs into Ian, who is a long-lost childhood friend um, who's always been into Rory, but Rory's been resistant. Um, But they kind of hit it off, and she's thinking about it on the way home, and she's distracted, and she hits something with her car. And when she gets out to investigate, she's attacked by a mysterious, monstrous creature, and it bites her. And soon, Rory begins to transform physically, and it forces her to confront her past and where she's wants to go in the future. And it's um, got some body horror, some romance, and a lot of dark humor. And it's no secret that it is a werewolf book. Says it right on the cover. <laughs> what about werewolves drew you into writing specifically about this topic and in the horror genre in general? And for such sharp teeth, what sort of research did you have to do? So I really wanted to explore the parallels between womanhood and lycanthropy, um, that menstruation, hormones, a lack of body autonomy, a lack of control. Um, I wanted to explore those connections and kind of examine modern femininity um, in a contemporary adult book. Um, And for what drew me to the horror genre, I just think it's so fun to play in. And I've kind of always been drawn to the dramatics of it, like the stakes are so high in horror. And I think it's fun to play in that world. Um, it's, there's a lot of room to be creative and to feel intensely and to go to certain extremes. Um, and then in terms of research, I read She-Wolf, A Cultural History of Female Werewolves, edited by Hannah Priest, um, which gets into kind of some pop culture histories of werewolves. And then... The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma by Dr. Bessel von der Kolk. Um, 
I read both of those and then I watched both a lot of werewolf transformation scenes and a lot of uh, childbirth vlogs, the latter of which I don't recommend. <laughs> I will leave a link to She-Wolf and The Body Keeps the Score in the show notes section, but I've read all of your books and they run the gamut from eerie to creepy to flat out terrifying. And I'm someone who spooks easily, but I definitely have an easier time reading horror in books rather than watching it on TV. But I'm just really curious. I'm wondering if you've ever scared yourself as you're writing. So I have. It's it's rare. <laughs> um, I'm also a big Frady cat. Um, and I I've definitely had moments where I've scared myself specifically in writing. There are two scenes in the return that I was like, ooh, <laughs> like I, I got the chills when I was writing it because um, I'm like exploiting my own fears on the page. So it's something that it's helpful to be afraid of so much because there's a lot to draw on. Um, and then uh, I recently released a short story collection called Bad Dolls, and it's four stories. But the last story in that collection, which is called Bad Dolls, um, there's a scene in that one that still gets me whenever I think about it. So I, I don't know if it's like <laughs> um, like bragging to or like boastful in a way to be like, yes, I've scared myself. But um, that's the honest truth I have. Well, I think it's clear that you are a good writer if you can scare yourself while you're writing. I've been a longtime fan of your books. I've recommended The Return on this show, as well as my absolute favorite novel of yours, Cackle, which was recommended to me on the show by a guest, and she made it sound so compelling. I just had to go out and get it. I actually listened to the audiobook version, and it was just such a delicious book experience. I'm wondering if you have a favorite book of yours, or is that like asking someone to name a favorite child? <laughs> it kind of is, but I, I will... I will answer because there's two books that I've read this year that have absolutely blown me away and like get the good spot on the shelf. <laughs> and those books are uh, uh, The Paul Bearers Club by Paul Tremblay. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Paul Tremblay's work and The Paul Bearers Club is sort of like a punk rock misfit story with a touch of vampires. So um of like really cool modern take on New England vampire lore. So that's um, The Paul Bears Club by Paul Tremblay. And then Gus Moreno wrote a brilliant book called This Thing Between Us um, that kind of was pitched to me as like a haunted Alexa book, <laughs> but is so much more than that. And just a beautiful rumination on grief and um, haunting and... Uh, some of the most stunning prose I've ever read. And that's This Thing Between Us by Gus Moreno. And my last question for you is, what are you working on next? So I'm about to head it, head into edits on my fourth novel, which should be out October 2023, hopefully, if all goes according to plan. I can't tease much about it yet. So that's like not an exciting, <laughs> not an exciting tease, but um, it, it, will, it kind of exists and will exist and should be out. In time for spooky season. You have a, a monopoly on spooky season book releases. Well, thank you so much for answering all of my questions. And now we're going to move on to the book recommendations. So Rachel, why don't you start us off with your first recommendation? So my first recommendation is by Alexis Henderson, and it is her sophomore novel, House of Hunger. So 
House of Hunger is like a gothic, sapphic, bloody delight. Um, And so that is House of Hunger by Alexis Henderson. My first pick is Mother Thing by Ainsley Hogarth. And this came out on September 27th. And this is about Abby Lamb and her husband, Ralph. They've moved in with Ralph's mother, Laura, a very, very difficult woman who makes no bones about the way she feels about her daughter-in-law through subtle digs and not-so-subtle insults hurled in Abby's direction. Ralph is the ultimate mama's boy, and Abby does her best to survive this essential thruple that she finds herself living in. And... She works at a long-term care facility and has bonded with a patient there. Ralph's mother, Laura, suffers from depression, and when a suicide attempt takes a dark turn, Abby believes that she and her husband can finally move forward independently and work towards having the baby they always wanted. But unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately for the reader, the ghost of Laura remains in the house, affecting the couple in different ways. The book jacket gives far too much away, so please don't read it if you're interested in reading this book. The book is both gothic and filled with dark humor, sometimes scatological in nature. It's a book about loyalty and mental health struggles, and the narrator's reckoning with her relationship with her own mother. And there's horror, but also like your own books, Rachel, there's also humor. And if you're looking for an off-kilter spooky read, if you enjoyed An Elderly Woman is Up to No Good, then I think you will enjoy this book. Thank you to Vintage and to NetGalley for the advanced review copy. And that is Mother Thing by Ainsley Hogarth. What is your second pick? So I'm very anxious to read that book. (laughs) You do a wonderful job of selling it. My second pick is by Clay McLeod Chapman. It's Ghost Eaters. And it is about a haunted drug or a drug that you take and you become haunted, a drug that you take that allows you to see ghosts. Um, But really, it's a book about grief and addiction and friendship. And it is very scary. And I highly recommend it, not only for spooky season, but for any time of year that you want to hide under a blanket and get the some solid chills. Um, and that's Ghost Eaters by Clay McLeod Chapman. My next pick is Hester by Lori Lyko Albanese. And this comes out tomorrow. This is a historical novel inspired by Nathaniel Hawthorne's character, Hester Prynne, from The Scarlet Letter, and it focuses on Isabel Gamble, a seamstress who set sail from Edinburgh for America with her husband, hoping for a new life. But soon after they arrive, her husband abandons her to fend for herself. She meets a young Nathaniel Hawthorne, and they have an instant connection. Hawthorne is forced to reconcile his ancestor's dark past, and Gamble struggles with living as a woman alone in America. Both are aware that this country is not out to protect and serve everyone equally. Told with the backdrop of the Underground Railroad, feminism, and New England history all make for a look at the dangers of women as creative harbingers in the 19th century. Thank you to St. Martin's Press and NetGalley for the advanced review copy. And again, that's Hester by Lori Lyko Albanese. Rachel, what's your final pick? That one also sounds amazing. So my final pick is So Happy for You by Celia Lasky. And it is about um, two childhood friends. And one of them is getting married and asks the other to be her maid of honor. 
and it's kind of set in this slightly alternate reality where uh, the wedding industry is <laughs> quite brutal um, and it's about the demands of friendship and I think I don't want to give too much away because it's just very very <laughs> it's very unique and very smart and um, the writing is just so sharp um, and if you've ever been a bridesmaid and had an experience this book is for you. And that is So Happy for You by Celia Lasky. That sounds fantastic. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Where can people find you on social media? Um, so I am on Twitter at Rach Face Logic, and I am on Instagram at Rachel Harrison's Ghost. And my website is rachel-harrison.com. I will link up to Such Sharp Teeth and the rest of Rachel Harrison's novels, as well as all of the other books we've discussed today on my bookshop.org shop, Books Are My People, or you can click through in the show notes where all of the books are listed. You can reach me at booksaremypeople at gmail.com and on Instagram at Jennifer Calloyaris or by searching for Books Are My People. And my last question for you, Rachel, is what are you going to be reading next? So I am reading the new Katrina Monroe book. Um, it's an arc. It is The Graveyard of Lost Children. Um, and I believe it is out in the spring. Her previous book, They Drown Our Daughters, is very atmospheric and wonderful. And I recommend that one as well. Um, and I'm a big Katrina Monroe fan. And so far, uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm a few pages in, but very exciting when you open when you open a new book and you're like oh yeah I'm into this up next for me is love in the time of serial killers by Alicia Thompson which I'm about a quarter of the way through and enjoying it I'll be back in two weeks with author Brittany Ackerman and in the meantime happy Halloween and I hope you all enjoy a wonderfully and perhaps a little bit spooky bookish week 